Welcome to the podcast. You're listening to Life Over Coffee, and I'm Rick Thomas. Thank you so much for joining me for this podcast. This is episode 195. The show notes that I have for this podcast came from a conversation that I had with someone. Well, not entirely. After the conversation, I continued to think about what we were talking about, and I began to do what I do as I journal things out because it helps me to process things. And when I process these thoughts as I'm working out my salvation with fear and trembling, as many of you know have been listening for a while, you know that my website my website represents my personal devotions. My website represents the articles that you read, the podcasts that you listen to. Is how I think about God. It's how I think about life, how I think about myself, how I think about others. And I wrestle those things out in my mind and put them down on paper. And so that's what I did here. And what we were talking about is why a husband will not lead his family why a husband will not lead his wife and the answer to that question i mean it's just not a singular answer there can be many reasons as to why a husband will not lead his wife and so i thought it would be important to share these things with you all and the primary reason i want to share them with you is because what i'm talking about here is the most common marriage problem that you will ever interact with. Those of you who have done marriage counseling for a while, you know this to be true, that the passive male is a huge problem within marriages. I don't know what they are statistically, uh, but it is by far the number one thing that I have interacted with in over two decades of doing marriage counseling and so this is a big deal and so you want to read all about it as well as listening to this podcast here and so you can go to the show notes on our website rickthomas.net it's episode 195 five reasons a husband won't lead his wife now perhaps you want to talk about this and if you do that would be fantastic we're not the ones that's just going to generate content and throw it out there on the internet and then disconnect ourselves from those who have questions about what we are putting out there. And so we have a platform that you can come to if you have access to the internet, which you do if you're listening to this podcast. And so you can come to the internet, enter into our cyber home in cyberspace. The address is rickthomas.net. And you can come to our big box store, go over to the corner of the building where uh, we have our community forums, and you can ask your question there. It's free to you. There's no charge. It's provided by you. Our community forums and every resource on our website is underwritten by those who support our ministry minimally at $5 a month. Some support for more. Thank you so much for doing that. In fact, maybe you want to be one of those people to support this good work that the Lord is doing around the globe. You can go to our website and you can learn how to do that. Perhaps you are a local church that wants to support us. Uh, please talk to us about that. We need as many churches as possible supporting us because there's a lot of work involved. In fact, someone just wrote on our live chat feature yesterday it was Saturday, and they were asking the question about their marriage, and then 
after we worked through it, uh, they, they came on to live chat to ask where to go, and then we sent them to the forum, and then they landed on the forum, and then they asked their question, and then we started interacting with them and, and gave them some direction, and then at the end, uh, she said, thank you so much, it's even on the weekend. And I kind of smiled because, well, yeah, that's our ministry doesn't take a day off because sin never takes a holiday. And so people are struggling all the time. And so we have a 24-7 shop every day of the year. And we do need the underwriters to help us to keep it going because it continues to mount up. And so if you want to be one of the supporters, please do not hesitate. Uh, learn how to do that and let us help you to learn how to do that. But I do want you to read these show notes, episode 195, Five Reasons a Husband Won't Lead His Wife. I'm not going to give you an exhaustive list. Perhaps as you listen to these five reasons, you'll think, well, here's one more. And I'd love for you to share that with us. That would be, that would be fantastic, and we can interact with that. I want to talk about the idea of hierarchy, and, and many times when people talk about leadership, the husband being the head and all that kind of stuff, uh, they tend to think that the person at the top is superior in every way, and that is just not true. In fact, that, that it doesn't even make sense, not within a biblical worldview, but I realize that our culture has made many inroads into our thinking, and we're more evolutionistic than we probably realize that we are and we think about the survival of the fittest and so the strongest is always at the top the smartest is always at the top the one with the greatest capacity is always at the top and that's just ridiculous that is just ridiculous that's not how it works in God's economy and that's not what a hierarchy or that's not what a structure is about the reason that we have a structure within the marriage and the family is because it provides a coherent means for order and logic within that, within that structure. It gives us unity within the structure, but sadly many Christians have taken on the norms of our culture, this evolutionistic thinking, and so couples become combatants and competitors rather than complementarians. You know what a complementarian is? It's where everybody brings what they have to the table. They bring their strengths, they bring their weaknesses, their adequacies, and their inadequacies, and everybody pitches in to make one unified whole. It's not about who has the most, who brings the most, who doesn't have the most, but we bring it all to the table and we complement each other. And so we bring our unique gift into the marriage for God's fame which is the biggest reason of all, but also for each other's good and then for the benefit of those within our sphere of influence because we're always exporting something to others. We're in the export business. As Christians, we are. We're exporting the life of Christ to other people. And so the threefold reason to, to work together within this hierarchy is for God's fame, the benefit of each other, and and also to serve those within our communities. But hierarchy has nothing to do with who is better. It's all about how to keep from living chaotically while each person brings their unique qualities to the community for the benefit of the whole. Unfortunately, because of individualism 
And individualism is the outworking of the self-esteem movement. That's why we have individualism. Self-esteem creates this individualistic worldview, while, while the Bible has a, another perspective. The Bible is always about community, not about the individual, but about the community. But because of this outworking of the self-esteem movement, individuals don't know how to live within a communal construct for God's fame and the good of all. You see, according to the world's system of logic, it is the strongest. It is the most intelligent. It's the more gifted person who should be at the helm in the Lord's economy. That worldview is lunacy. Because the gospel presupposes that it's not about the mighty, it's not about the most intelligent. Our victory is in the weakness and foolishness of God. I'm talking about 1 Corinthians 1, 18-25, where we learn that the weakness of God is stronger than men, the foolishness of God is wiser than men. This biblical worldview also applies to wives. Now, I realize that I'm writing this or doing this podcast, rather, for husbands, to help husbands and, and to help families. And, and some wives can really complicate their marriages because they can have this evolutionistic thinking as well that leads to arrogance and self-righteousness as they look down on their husbands because of whatever inferiorities or weaknesses that they may have. And what these wives do is they sabotage their marriages they can have a low-grade anger, or maybe it's not. Maybe it's not a low burn. Maybe it's it's pretty strong anger about their husband's lack of leadership, and and maybe there's some justification in some sorts for the anger that you have. But you want to be careful because the sinful anger of man doesn't work out in the righteousness of God. And the wife who doesn't know how to live biblically with an imperfect man will exacerbate his imperfections. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 1, 27-29, a beautiful passage of Scripture, God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not, to bring to nothing things that are, so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. And so before I give you my five reasons as to why a husband won't lead, we really must take our souls to task and make sure that we're living within a bibliocentric worldview that no human might boast, and it's not about being strong. It's not about being wise, but it's about being broken and humble before the Lord. Now, when it comes to the husband's role in the home, there are at least five reasons that he will not take up his God-given right, his God-given position to lead his wife and to, to lead his children. The first one is, I'll get it out of the way because it's the most obvious one, and that is sin sinfulness. He doesn't care to lead her. This reason is apparent. Uh, some husbands live in the preoccupation of self-centered pursuits, which keeps them from considering the other-centered demands of the gospel, as we see talked about in Philippians 2, 3, and 4, where Paul said we should esteem others more than ourselves. 
unfortunately, with this worldview, that this sinful worldview that some husbands have, they become preoccupied with other things because they have this notion that they really getting married is like checking a box. They check the box and then they move on to the next big thing in their lives, leaving the last thing behind as though it's supposed to take care of itself and they are not to provide any kind of maintenance or any kind of soul care to that woman that they married. And so they begin to climb the corporate ladder, never looking back. And it's this preoccupation uh, that becomes dangerous within the marriage. But then there's other aspects. There's other ways that sin can trickle into a home and can wrap itself around uh, the husband specifically, as we're talking about here. And when it does, he can be captured by sin. He can be caught. The modern word for what Paul was talking about in Galatians 6.1 is an addict. He has an addiction of some sort, so he becomes captured and when he becomes captured, he's not hes not just preoccupied, as I was speaking of earlier, but now he is in bondage. He has been captured by sin, a trap of his own making, which impedes his leadership and the leadership requirement within the marriage. But it's even worse than that. You have the sinfulness of preoccupation. You have the sinfulness of being caught in whatever habituation that you may have. But then this third idea around this sin is that God will be against him. This is what James says in 4.6, that God is against the proud. And so not, not only is sin in opposition to you and keeps you from leading well, but God is in opposition to you as well. This kind of man will never lead his family well, not until he begins to walk down the road to Repentance. Episode 195, five reasons a husband won't lead his wife. Number one, the obvious one, the most apparent one, is sinfulness. Number two is ignorance. He doesn't know how to do it. I don't mean that as harsh as it may sound. I don't know how to lay brick. I'm ignorant when it comes to laying brick. You give me a brick, give me a trowel. I can build a wall for you but you probably don't want to stand on it because I am ignorant. And many men come into marriage with no template for marriage. They do not know how to lead. I was given a template for marriage, but it was an ungodly template. It was an angry template. It was a drunkard template. It was, it was about as bad as you can get. My, my dad did not give me a biblical template, and so when I entered into marriage, I had no clue. How to be a husband had no clue how to lead. Ignorance is a big thing. It may be accurate to say that most new husbands do not have a template for biblical leadership in the home. They've never seen it modeled when they were children. And so what are they doing? They're, they're living in some kind of reaction to whatever their fathers laid down for them. We are now multiple generations into poor parenting by fathers who did not provide for their boys what it means to be a leader in the home. These fathers fell into the same traps that I'm speaking of here, and they have exported their incompetence to their sons, and now their sons are doing similarly. There are five reasons a, a man will, or husband will not lead his family. One is sinfulness, but this second one here, ignorance, is a big deal. And you want to be careful how you talk to this husband. Perhaps he wants to know how to lead, 
but because of ignorance. Maybe he's standing there with a trowel and a brick in his hand, and he just doesn't know what to do with it. And so you want to be careful as you come alongside him and help him. Fill in those gaps. Teach him how to be a biblical leader. And then there's a third reason, and that is hypocrisy. This is an interesting reason that a person doesn't lead. And what it means is, is that the husband feels like a hypocrite because he looks at how many times that he has failed inside the home. He has sinned against his wife. He has sinned against his children. And so now he has to wrestle with this notion like, I'm, I'm such a knucklehead, but I'm the one that's supposed to be on point. And if he, if he thinks about this in the wrong way, he will just spiral down in despair because he has this wrong notion of what biblical leadership looks like. In fact, the, the real issue here is that he has acute self-righteousness. He has a high view of himself. He's, he's behaving, performing so poorly, and so in his way of thinking that he has to be perfect before he can ever lead because he can't lead as a failure. And this is where he needs to reorient his mind to the gospel because what he is actually saying here is that I have to be perfect. Or when I get to the place where I don't sin anymore, then I am going to lead my family. Well, guess what, husband? That will never happen. You will never be perfect. And somehow you have to live in this tension this tension to where you are a flawed human being who is called to lead your wife and to lead your children if you have one. Now, there's a twist of irony here in this reason. This is reason number three. It's his failures that can have the most transformative impact on his home as his family sees him walk out repentance. How beautiful is it for a leader to fail and for that leader to confess his sin and ask for forgiveness and begin to walk out repentance because guess what everybody else in the home is imperfect too and so part of the leadership requirement in the home is for the leader of the home to lead in repentance too so rather than seeing your failures as a disqualifier to lead your family what about if you got over yourself, if you got over this high view of yourself, your self-righteous soul, and take the humble position of a broken person like the publican in the temple in Luke 18 and say, have mercy upon me, Father. That is excellent leadership. And then your family begins to model that kind of leadership humility, especially when they fail. Episode 195, five reasons a husband won't lead his wife. One, sin, the obvious one, just caught, doesn't care, preoccupied, captured by sin. Two, he's ignorant, standing there with a brick and a trowel in his hand and has no clue what to do with it. Three, hypocrisy, his sin list in his mind is so... Great is so large to him that he just spirals down in, in hopelessness and despair rather than leaning in to the counterintuitive power of the gospel that washes away all of our sin and empowers us to do what we need to do. 
Reason number four is inferiority. He's not the strongest, not the smartest, doesn't have the greatest capacity in the home. In fact, he could be the weakest person in the entire home. And this is the husband who looks at his wife and realizes that he is not as capable as she is. That's what I mean by inferiority. I've said this many times about my wife, that she can run a small third world country. I am a one-trick pony. I can do one thing somewhat well. She can do many things wonderfully well. And if I look at her abilities and compare my abilities to hers, I could drown in my own inferiority as well and use that as an excuse to not step up to the plate and lead my family. It's not about your giftedness. It's about the weakness and foolishness of God, which is stronger and wiser than men. This problem of inferiority is right in the middle of evolutionistic-centered Christian thinking. The person who believes that the most fit is the most capable. Of course, this unbiblical logic would, it would disqualify Jesus from leading the church because we know how unqualified he was. They saw him coming down the path in John 1.46 and said, Who is this? Can anything good come out of Nazareth? You remember what Isaiah said in 53? He was a root out of dry ground. He had no form, no comeliness, no beauty that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected of men. Jesus was a pretty good leader. And it wasn't about his qualification. It wasn't about the giftedness that he had. The inferiority problem is similar to the hypocrisy obstacle that I was mentioning earlier in that both of these husbands, the inferiority husband and the hypocritical husband, they have themselves in the center of the universe as they adhere to self-reliance. The hypocritical husband has to be perfect before he can lead. He's really leaning into self-reliance. And the inferiority husband is doing the same thing. They have weak theology that's running in a tension to relying on the Lord. The hypocritical husband needs to realize that, yes, he does sin, and he needs to lean into the Lord, in, into the Lord and walk out repentance. The inferior husband needs to realize that he's not the smartest, he's not the strongest, not the most capable, not whatever. Fill in the blank. Whatever the inferiority is, fill in the blank. But he has to own that and realize it's not about that. It's about relying on God, not relying on himself. Five reasons a husband will not lead. One is sinfulness. Two is ignorance. Three is hypocrisy. Four is inferiority. And then the fifth one is intimidation. This is different from being or feeling inferior. He is intimidated by her because she's more mature spiritually speaking. This scenario plays out often when the husband has been lagging spiritually and has been lagging in his leadership and the wife has been filling in all the gaps in the home, especially with the children. The husband has not been a good student of the family, and so he doesn't have all the intel that the wife has as far as the needs of the family because for whatever reason, he hasn't been part of it, and so he just doesn't, he doesn't have all the answers and he doesn't know what needs to be done because he hasn't been an active participant. 
Now he wants to lead, but he's aware that he's working from a deficit. His knowledge base lacks what he needs to lead well. Ironically, this problem is similar to the last two about the hypocritical husband and the inferior husband is that this husband here, the intimidated husband, needs to learn to rely on the Lord to do what he cannot do. There'll be many failures in his attempts to lead after so many years of not doing it. But placing himself in a self-imposed penalty box, that's not God's answer. If you feel like a hypocrite and you place yourself in the penalty box and don't step up to the plate, that's not the answer. If you feel inferior because you're an evolutionistic-centered Christian and so you place yourself in a self-imposed penalty box, that's not the answer. And if you are intimidated because she seems so much bigger than you are, get out of the penalty box. God is calling you to lead. You can think of about it, you can think about it this way. If doing nothing for years was not the answer, then continuing in the lane of do nothing will never make things right. And so there you have it. There are five reasons that a man will hus- or a husband will not lead well. Personal sinfulness, personal ignorance, hypocrisy, inferiority, intimidation. You can read all of these things, episode 195, five reasons he won't lead well. The show notes are here. I do have a call to action that I want to work through. I have a few questions for you. But before I ask those questions, I do want you to make sure that you take advantage of our community forums because there are a bunch of wives and a bunch of husbands who are struggling this way, and you need to talk about it. So here's question number one. Husband, are you leading your home well? If you are leading your home well, this is kind of a question that kind of it puts you in the corner because if you are leading your home well, then you should be able to talk about that with your wife and children, right? I mean, if you're a good leader, if you're not struggling with hypocrisy or intimidation or inferiority or personal sin, you should be able to ask your wife, how are you leading? Ask, talk to your children about your leadership. And so the question is, husbands, are you leading your home well? Well, what does your wife say? What do your children say? This would be a good date night question. It can be, this could be one of the most wonderful leadership opportunities that you ever have, that you talk to your spouse and talk to your children about your leadership. Question number two, which of the five leadership inhibitors impede you from leading your home? Is there a sin problem, an ignorance problem, a hypocrisy problem, inferiority problem, or an intimidation problem? Are any of these inhibitors that impede you from leading your home? If there is, then my next question, my follow-up question, is what is your practical plan to change? You want to do more than just check the box and say, yeah, two two out of five of those are definitely me, and then move on to the next article or the next television show or the next project that's in your garage. No, you want to stop here. If one of these things are active in your life, then the next thing that you want to do is you want to make a practical plan to change. This is the most important thing in your life right now. 
And if you don't know how to make a practical plan to change, then you need to get with someone. Share this podcast. Share whichever one of these leadership inhibitors has you in a snag right now. And you need to come up with a plan. Number three, will you go to your pastor or another competent disciple maker? and began the process of changing into a biblical leader. I didn't say change into a leader, because you are a leader. The question is, what kind of leader are you? Are you a biblical one or not? And if you're not, and if you're caught in one of these, or perhaps it's something else, then I said, someone reminded me of this quote uh, yesterday, I think, or the day before. They read it on our website. I said that you can do many things by yourself, but sanctification is not one of them. And so you need to be in community, having others circling you and speaking into your life and helping you. And then number four, wife, this is for you. How are you hindering your non-leading husband from leading well? If you say that you're not obstructing your husband from leading well, If you're not obstructing in some way, then you're blind to something. You need help. You have not been perfect in your upside-down home. And if you don't own your sin, you will perpetuate His as well as sabotage the favor that the Lord could lavish on your family. I realize that the overwhelming part of this podcast is to husbands, but I don't want to be neglectful as though wives don't participate in the deterioration of the home and so wife you need to take your soul to task as well and you too if you want to talk to us please come to our website and do that thank you so much for listening to our podcast you have been listening to life over coffee with rick thomas if you have a question for rick you can let him know by sending him a note through his website rickthomas.net that's rickthomas.net thanks for listening enjoy your coffee Thank you.